Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right. Uh, Good morning, everybody online. Good morning, everybody in person. Uh, Glad you guys are here with us today. Um, I'm excited because, so not that I'm excited that we're done with James. It was like we did that for probably three Three or four months, I think, it took us to get all the way through the book of James. Um, I am excited, though, to kind of uh, to, to begin what we are today, which is uh, a new message series called Teach Us to Pray, which um, is, for some of our newer individuals, is a little bit of a different, because you have not seen this approach in our church. But um, a little bit more typical of what we tend to do here is we usually have a teaching message, and then we discuss afterwards. And so I'm excited to get back to that because this is what I love to do. I love to put together messages and and teach. And so we are beginning a new message series today called Teach Us to Pray. Um, And so really what we're going to be thinking about is like these questions. What is prayer? What is prayer? How do we do it? Why is it important? These are questions that I've been thinking about. What role can and should prayer play in our lives in our faith, in my family? You know, these are the questions I want you to be asking. And people have been asking these questions for thousands of years. What does it mean to connect with God? How do I talk to God? How do I get what I want? How do I get what I need? I mean, for years, people would say they would pray to God for the crops, right? That the rain would come and they just desperately need it. And that's how rituals came out to be. And then superstitions and all sorts of things come about because of that. They're either desiring a connection with their creator or wanting answers to their questions or just trying to get the things that they need or they want. And so people have been asking this question for years, so much so that even one of the disciples, uh, Jesus' disciples, came to him in Luke chapter 11 and said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Like, it was just a request. And so just because you're a follower of Christ, most of us here are, would consider ourselves to be followers of Jesus. We've said, this is what I'm doing in my life. Just because you're a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you know how to pray. Unless someone teaches you how to do it, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to, or that even maybe you're praying in an effective manner. And there are clues in Scripture that teach us how to do that. And the honesty of this disciple who said, Lord, teach us to pray. Like, how do we do this? I believe that that honesty resulted in Jesus teaching them how to pray, and is the model that we can follow uh, today. And so this month, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be following through the model of what we call the Lord's Prayer. I mean, this is a very common thing. If you've grown up in a church, even in the Catholic communities, um, the Lord's Prayer is famous. Everybody has probably heard of it. And so what we're going to be doing is is week by week, just kind of pulling out pieces of this uh, prayer that Jesus was teaching. And it has really significant pieces for us to understand how we can apply it to our lives. And what I want for us individually, is that we would each have the same honesty as that disciple did. Like, so as we're listening, let each of us say, Lord, teach me to pray. Like, teach me how to pray. How can I connect with you? How do, how can I spend time with you and get to know you? And so we're going to be learning what it means to pray in this series, Teach Us to Pray. Um, and so there's a reason, there's a reason that Jesus wanted his disciples to know how to pray. Um, It's not supposed to be weird. It's not supposed to be awkward. If there's one thing that I have found as a pastor is talking to people, if you ask someone to just pray in a church service, it usually makes them feel really awkward. I'm looking at you, Sarah. (laughs) Um, 
or Scott. And some of that is personality. But I've heard a lot of people say things like, like, I, I just don't really feel like I'm a good prayer. I'm like, what does that mean that you're not a good prayer? Like, you don't, you're not good at praying. Um, I've heard people say things like, I don't know what to say. I've heard people say that it's weird or it's awkward. They don't, they just, because they don't know. But what prayer is supposed to be is a connection with and communication with our creator. It can be conversational and it can be life-giving, but it would also be helpful for us to know how to pray and what to pray for. So would you guys open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading verses 9 through 13, and this is uh, the Lord's Prayer. Now today I'm reading out of a different translation, it's the ESV, because I liked the wording of it specifically, it's a little bit more of a traditional one that many of you have probably have heard uh, before, but um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 is where we're going to begin, and we'll read the entire thing. Um, and it, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, ESV. It says, pray then like this, right? So he's giving them the instruction. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he says, well, then pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So if you even notice the way that I read it, that's kind of like in the staccato, like rhythmic pattern that we all have said it for many years, right? We have been taught this prayer for a long time and we know it. Many of us know it's in the back of our head and we even know the kind of the rhythmic pattern of it. It's so familiar. And yet there's so much packed into this prayer here that many of us miss the power and intentionality of it. Inside, there are elements inside this prayer that are principles that are going to teach us what prayer is and give us the tools that we need to effectively connect with our Creator. So I want to walk through the passage today, beginning with the first verse, and discover how to truly pray. So what does verse 9 says? It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So right off the bat, what we see here is that Jesus teaches us to begin our prayer with the right posture. I hate posture. I'm terrible at it because I'm very tall, and so my back tends to slouch. Posture matters, though. I've realized that in my life, that as I've grown up, that when I'm working at home, particularly working remotely, if I don't have a good chair, or if I don't have my computer screen at the right angle, my back begins to hurt, my eyes begin to get headaches, or my neck because my neck's getting tired. Anybody ever experienced that sitting in a space that they're not? You know, that's why posture matters. And so right off the bat we see Jesus talking about talking about posture in prayer. He says to look up. He's directing it and understanding who God is. What does he say? He says our father in heaven. Like he's directing it to that person. And there's a, both a nearness to it but also a distance to it, right? I love the sort of the dichotomy we see here, right? There's or a juxtaposition you could say. There's the our father who is near Father is a term for many, maybe not for some, of relationship, right? It's one of, of, of loving, it's of caring, it's personal, there's a caretaker involved. For some individuals who maybe don't have, um, have a, a, a positive view of what it means to be, you know, uh, have a relationship with a father, it's important to understand that, particularly when this was written, it was a very patriarchal society where the father was the most important individual in a family. He was known as the one who had a responsibility. His responsibility was to take care of, to protect. 
his responsibility was to financially provide for, right? So even if you don't have a great image of your own personal father, the idea of, of praying to God as our father is important in understanding of that God's position in our life is one of he loves us and his responsibility is to provide for us, to, to take care of us, to protect us. And so what we have learned and what we see from this is that we can come to him, right? So when we say our father, our father in heaven, when we talk about our father, we can trust him, we can come to him, trusting that he will hear us and trusting that he wants to help us. So that's the nearness, right? Our father is near, but then there's also in heaven. And heaven feels really abstract. Heaven feels really far away. It feels distanced. But it also is like anything unlike on earth. There's nothing like heaven on earth. Um, it's majesty. It's glory. Right? It's not something that's weak. Uh, it's not helpless. It's not an earthly parent. So when we think of our Father in heaven, this is the great news for those of you who have fathers who don't have a great experience with dads is that the Father in Heaven is not helpless, He's not weak, He's not uh, mean or angry or distant, he, he's, he's not any of those things. In fact, He's powerful, He's able, He's strong, He's not bound by the laws of the universe that, by the way, He created. So, so gravity and physics and, and, and black holes and, and wormholes and monstrous stars and supernovas, all of those things, according to Scripture, bow at the name of God, which is incredible. So we pray both to him, to our Father who is in heaven. He knows us intimately, and he knows us deeply, but he's also higher, he's also greater, his ways are not our ways, and we must recognize who he is, who we are talking to, our Father in heaven. Recognizing that, right, brings responsibility. So now that we know who we're talking to, Right? So when we pray and we go, our Father in heaven, I think that's the right posture for us to begin to see what our place is. There's responsibility. What does it then go on to say? Hallowed be your name. The word hallowed, right? Hallowed means like to dedicate. It means consecrated, set apart, and holy. So the word hallowed, like you've ever heard like someone say this is hallowed ground? It's sacred ground. It's holy ground, Right? So what we're saying to God when we, when we start this prayer, and it, it's very intentional, I think, that Jesus did this intentionally. He was telling you, there's all the other things we're going to pray about, right, that we're going to say. But he starts off with the posture of recognizing who God is, where he is, how we should come to him, and also our place in this. And he's saying, who you are is special. So I'm saying, my Father, who is in heaven, who is powerful and above all things, and is the master and ruler of the universe, you are special to me. I recognize that you are different than anything else. It's like, it's actually, and the way that it is, is this verb there, hallowed be your name, it's actually a verb, which means to make your name these things. It's like, it's like you're contributing to all the years that everyone has ever praised God. So as I say to him, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, I'm actually contributing to that. I said, I make your name holy. I contribute to your power. Not in a sense of that I'm the source of it, but that I'm adding to it. I'm exalting it. I'm letting you know that. Hallowed be your name. So Jesus teaches us that prayer starts with recognizing who God is and his ability to affect our lives and our situations. And so the central idea that I really want to hammer on today is this. 
is that prayer is actually more about God than it is about us. And this is like a mind shift, I think, for a lot of people, that prayer is more about God than it is about us. We oftentimes go to God with things like asking the questions of, is God listening? Like, it's very me-centered, right? Like a, almost like venting and bragging or begging. Sometimes I think of God as like a, as some of us think of God as like a slot machine, right? Like if I just put the right formula in, the right amount of money, oh, this says it needs a dollar, so I put the four quarters in and I pull it down and then I wait to see if I get what I want. That's how a lot of us or many people pray. But what we see in this beginning here is that prayer is more about God than it is about us. I've actually heard it said that the chief purpose of all mankind is to know God and to make him known. Anybody ever heard that before? To know God and to make him known. Like that is, many people have said, scholars have said, that is the chief purpose of mankind. To know God and to make him known. And if you take prayer from that perspective, if the foundation of prayer is a posture of relationship and respect, that'll change the way that we talk to God. So what would happen if we were to make prayer more about God than about us? So that's kind of how I want to finish up today, and then we're going to discuss this. Like, what would it be like, what would happen in our lives, how would our prayer life change if we made prayer more about God than about us? And here are a couple thoughts that I have. Number one is it would be like a relationship instead of rules. So what I mean by that is, is we're talking to our Father, right? So like, my son doesn't come to me and talk to me as though he has to do these certain things before he can earn his space to talk to me. He's my son, and he just has that right to talk to me. He asks things to me. There are certain expectations he knows that I just love him, that I will provide for him, that there will always be dinner on the table, there will always be food in the refrigerator, the lights will always be on, like these kinds of things, right? He knows that. There's a relationship there. And so when we choose to come to God in prayer, when we start our prayers, whether it's in the morning or night, whatever it is, and we start with the perspective of instead of launching right into what's bothering us, right? Like sometimes I'll say this. My son will be like, he'll come home from school. Dad, oh my gosh, like I'm so frustrated. Hello. Hi. Hey. Nice. Good to see you, right? Like I stop him, like talk to me, right? There's a relationship there. Relationship instead of rules. God is inviting us to know him. He's inviting us to experience him. And what happens as we do experience him is that we get to know him more. And as we get to know him, we begin to love him because he is good. God is wonderful. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's not fully knowable, but there's always more to know from him. So as we get to know him, we begin to love him. And what happens is, is as we begin to love him, his ways become life rather than expectations, and this is, or restrictions. And this is the thing, is that people have said to me for years that I feel like following God, reading the Bible, is just a bunch of rules. It's just a bunch of set of rules and things of that nature. But the, what they're missing is the relationship. If you have a relationship with God, one that is positive, one that where you begin to spend time with him and begin to know who he is and experience his presence in your life, you'll begin to love him, and as you love him, you'll begin to do, see his ways more. In his will, his design, his best for us. So the first thing, if we make prayer more about God than it is about us, is that it becomes about a relationship instead of rules. The second thing is perspective instead of pressure. And what I mean by that, that's the heaven piece of it, right? 
If we understand that God is not just our friend sitting on the couch next to us, but that he is the master of the universe, that he resides in heaven and all things bow at his feet, the massiveness of God uh, dwarfs our concerns and our troubles. It doesn't mean that what we're going through isn't isn't important. It doesn't mean that our grades or that our job or that um, the frustrations we feel or the fears, that those things are wrong, but the perspective matters, right? When I understand that God is above all things, it shifts my perspective to understand that. And because he is our father who cares, his cosmic power, and I always think of like genie, uh, like in, in Aladdin, Genie and, uh, and, and was it Jafar? Like, phenomenal cosmic power. You guys, anybody? Okay, well, that's just me. Uh, like, so his cosmic power becomes available to affect our circumstances. That's the thing that you have to understand. That's the perspective shift. It's like, like we get frustrated because there's nothing that we can do about our circumstances. I mean, there's very limited amounts of what we can do. I can work harder to get better grades or, you know, to like get my projects in on time at work and like things like that nature. But there are things that are outside of our control. And when we talk to God, when we, are, when we recognize who he is, we're coming to him with an understanding that he has the ability to do things that we cannot, that no one can undo. And that shifts our perspective. And it really relieves pressure on ourselves because you don't have to beg God. You don't have to, um, it's not about rules, right? It's about a relationship, so you don't have to impress God. It's not about, like, I better come to him and do these things right so that he'll listen to me. That's not how it works. We can begin to just simply trust. When we make prayer about God and less about us, we can trust him, and it becomes about perspective instead of pressure. And finally, it's about influence instead of ego. And what I mean by that is, is the word hallowed, right? So we have these keywords. There's like our Father in heaven. That's a relationship. In heaven, it's like a, there's a sense of like the power, that, the perspective that shifts for us. But hallowed be your name. When we give God priority in our lives, like when we put him first, his influence begins to flow in our lives. Whether that be the decisions that we make, the values, the way that we see the world. If we pray from a me perspective, God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I need this. God, I'm frustrated with that. If like that's all we're doing, we will get frustrated. Because, because we're making we're doing it wrong. It's like we're using the wrong tool. Prayer is not meant to be uh, an outlet for us alone. But as we allow God's influence to shape our thoughts, to shape our desires, his favor goes before us. We've said this a lot before. There is a supernatural influence that happens in our lives, in our circumstances, when we put God first. This is, uh, we've called this before, like the blessed life. And again, I want to put a disclaimer. I'm not saying like, like hashtag blessed. Like, because I have a good paycheck that we're blessed. No, the word blessing is really, we're talking about the idea that as I align myself with who God is, as I get to know him and I allow him to transform me, him to influence me, as we read in the book of James, right? The words, as we choose God's way, the fruit of that is his blessing in our lives. And that shows up in many ways. And that's what we mean by influence instead of ego. When I'm praying because of who God is and I give him glory and I trust him and I'm hearing what he has to say to my life and I'm willing to allow him to challenge my assumptions, right? He'll begin to shift my perspectives and he'll begin to influence the way that, the way that my life lives as opposed to the alternative, which is when I'm praying from a me perspective, an ego perspective, it's all about what I want. I don't really take time to listen to God. It's all about me. I get frustrated. And so, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Teach us to pray. 
putting God first is the beginning point in prayer. So like the next time you guys start to pray, the next time I go to pray, let's always start with the idea of giving God glory first. Taking time to honor him is how to reach his heart. Making prayer about God is the key to a vibrant relationship. Like when I talk to my wife, and I tell couples this all the time in marital counseling, like communication is about seeking to know, seeking to understand, seeking to be understood. So if I go into a relationship with God, if I go into a prayer with God, and all I'm doing is dumping my words and my information, then I walk away, that's not communication. That's not a relationship. You know, It takes time to say, I love you. I care about you. I want what you want. Teach me. Help me to know. And it sets the tone for the rest of the prayer. And so the next following weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be seeing the rest of the prayer, the different aspects of it, and how the right posture of starting our prayer with who God is and understanding our perspective will set the tone for the rest of our prayer. And we can trust that he will take care of our needs. And so here are a few few specific pieces that I would leave you with and then we're going to discuss. Number one, begin each prayer by giving glory to God. That's what Jesus did, right? Right there, he just started off, and he said, so they said, teach us to pray. And he said, "Say, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So I've made this a pattern of my own life. I've started doing that. When I pray, I just start thanking God for things. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you love me. Sometimes I'll say, I thank you that you've forgiven me. God, I thank you that even though today's been a terrible day, you're still faithful, you're still present. You have not burned me off this earth. I thank you for that, like... All of these things, I just thank him like that. And then talk to him like a child who would go to a father. Talk to, talk to him like a father. Like, the, like Talk to him like a child would to a father. Be honest with him. Give him honor. Give him glory. Thank him and worship him. So let me just pray over us, uh, and then we will um, just kind of have some time for discussion. God, I thank you this morning. For who you are. I thank you that um, that you are bigger than everything that's going on in, in our world, in, uh, in this universe. Um, even that statement takes trust. But I have lived long enough, I have experienced you long enough to know that you are who you say you are. That you are our Father. That I can know you. I know much about you. You know me intimately. And yet you're also above, beyond, greater, more powerful, and have the ability to shift things, to impact things. And you are holy. You are separate. You are (coughs) set apart. Um, There is no one like you. And so I pray that each of us today, as we talk about this passage, that we would, um, each of us would start from that perspective to put you in the rightful place in our lives and the rightful just place in general in the universe that you are number one above all things and that we would see how that will shift the way that we see our world and the way that we communicate with you. I pray you'll bless this conversation uh, and this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.